Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 15. Drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. Drink waters out of your own cistern and running waters out of your own well. And today for a few minutes I want to preach on this subject. Dig your wells, not your grave. Dig your wells, not your grave. God bless you. You may be seated. Sin helps us to dig our grave. Every time we sin, we've taken another shovel full and thrown it out of the hole that one day we will live in. The things that we do that displease God, that lead to addictiveness and self-destruction, put us in a grave condition. A grave condition. This church was named after John chapter 10. The conclusion of John chapter 10 and verse 10 says, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So we named this church Abundant Life after that verse of scripture. But the beginning of the verse is not so positive. It says the thief doesn't come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What does he steal? He'll steal your money. What does he kill? He'll kill your body. The things that I've discussed with you, that the, the sinful habits that we can fall into, like alcoholism or smoking or, or drugs or pornography or fornication, things like, like that, they can become addictive and they can destroy your body. Eventually, there comes a payday to your physical life. So he steals your money, he takes your health, and his ultimate goal, the third thing that's mentioned in John 10 is, and destroy. He wants to destroy your relationship with God. He wants you to spend eternity with him in hell. Misery truly does enjoy company. Satan hates you, and he hates God, and he knows how this is going to end, and he wants you to go to the, ga- to the grave destroyed, broken. That's his goal. But Jesus came so that you wouldn't have to enter into those things. Let me talk to you about wells for just a few minutes this morning and the importance of water. Water is an absolute necessity to your life. You can live without food for a while, but you can't last without water very long at all. Do you know that 90% of the earth is made up of water? We don't think of it that way because we live on land. But 90% of the earth is water. Do you know that the body that you live in today is 60% water? You don't see it on the outside, do you? But 60% of your human body is water. 
And when God created man out of the dust of the earth, you became a glorified mud ball. That's all you really are. You're made out of dirt and water. And whatever the creator in his fearfully and wonderfully made abilities are is what constitutes you today. Do you know that water was where civilization built itself? If you take a look at all the old cities in our country, they always built near waterways. They built near the rivers and the streams and and the lakes because they needed water. And they knew that if they couldn't get the water even from the river or from the lake, they knew that there would be underground springs underneath the earth and they would dig their wells close to the water because water was absolutely necessary to their existence. It fed their livestock, it fed them, it cleansed them, it washed their clothes. It was absolutely vital to have water. And now before we had irrigation, if you didn't, if you didn't live near water, how would you water your crops? How could you grow anything if you didn't have water? So water was the first consideration whenever you talked about settling into an area. Now, I'd like you to go to Genesis chapter 26 with me. And I want to talk to you first about proven wells. Proven wells. Genesis 26 and 18 reads this way. Isaac digged again the wells of water which had been digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. Now we know that the father of Isaac is Abraham. And Abraham digged wells for his family and his livestock, which I've already addressed. Okay? Now when Isaac came back to the land of his father... He knew where the wells were. Maybe he was there and helped his father. Or maybe he just made a a mental note in his mind as to where the wells would be when he needed them later on. But when he came back to those wells, he found that they were stopped. That means they were filled in. And they were not able to get water out of that well. So Isaac said, all right, what we're going to do This is my father's previous well. We know that there's water underneath here. We're going to have to redig the well. And he got his men together and he started to redig the well. And the people that lived in the area that had stopped the well, the Philistines, watched them. They didn't say anything, they just let them redig the well. And when the well and all the work was done and they, and they sat down and said, now we're going to name this well the same name that my father named it, here came the Philistines. Hey, what are you doing, boys? Well, we just redug this well. This was my father's well and somebody stopped it up. I'm not accusing anybody, but somebody stopped this well, and now we have opened this well back up, and we have decided that we're going to name it such and such. And they said, thank you very much. It's not your well, it's our well. Well, wait a minute. You see on the side of this well, the previous well, it says Abraham on it. That's my daddy. 
Well, too bad for you. This is now our country. We're taking this over. You can't have this well. We're going to fight with you if you don't let us have this well back. So you guys just saw me dig this well out, and now you want to reclaim it? Now you want to take it back? And they said, well, we did say thank you. But yeah, we're taking this well back. If you read in verse 19, Isaac's servants dig the well. They found the well, and they called it springing water. You know what springing water means? It means living water. Springing water means living water. Now watch this. Let's make a comparison between Old Testament wells and water and New Testament wells and water this morning. Let's go to John chapter 4. And let's read verse 7. Remember, the first well that they redug, they called springing water, meaning living water. There came a woman of Samaria in John 4 7 to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. His disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? The Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, Now listen to what he says here. If you knew the gift of God, insinuating she does not, and if you knew who it is that said unto thee, Give me drink, which you do not. You would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. I am so glad today that we are the 21st century apostolic church and we know the gift of God and who it is that provides us with living water, springs of living water. The Samaritan woman she didn't know about the gift of God. How many of you received the gift of the Holy Ghost? You've received the gift of God. How many of you received mercy and grace? You've received the gift of God. How many of you received the salvation of God and it now lives inside of you? You know who gives the gift and you know who his name is. His name is Jesus. But she did not know. The woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. From whence do you have this living water? Are you greater than our father? Watch this. Jacob. You know where they're at? They're at Jacob's well. You know whose it was before? It was Isaac's well. And you know whose it was before that? It was Abraham's well. They're back at the same well that we're reading about in Genesis because they know where the water is. They know what they need to sustain life, and they take care of their wells. Anybody preaching with me today? You know, Brother Dredska did a great job of teaching today in the, in the Sunday school class. Thank you, Brother Dredska. Praise, yeah, that's right. But the first thing he said hit me right between the eyes. He said to me, and this is, this is, I've been praying about this and looking for an answer from God for a long time to this question, and, and he answered it today. Brother Dredska said, 
If you didn't get a response, you didn't communicate. And I can't tell you folks how many times I've stood in this pulpit and and I've preached and I felt like I wasn't communicating. Like, they're not getting it. I, I mean, I'm so excited about what I'm preaching. I don't know if you notice it, but I, when I get into the pulpit, I'm not just doing this to get through it. I mean, I, I've been looking forward to this all week. I've been working on this. I'm excited to get in the pulpit and preach what I believe God gave me, and I don't always feel like I get communication. There aren't enough amens. There's not enough responses there. And, and you, you say, And Satan will blast you every time you get out of the pulpit from teaching and preaching. Everybody that's ever been in this pulpit knows that, right? You didn't do a good job. They didn't get it. You should have said this. You should have left that out. You you feel like you failed to communicate. And when he said that, you know, if if you don't get a response, you failed to communicate. It was like the devil said to me, yeah, that's the problem, see? You're not communicating. And just that quick, God spoke to me and said, you don't judge a message by how many amens you get from a congregation. You judge a message by the response at the altar and how it changes and impacts people's lives. And it may not happen today, but the word does not return void, but it accomplishes that which pleases him. You can never judge a message. I learned it, Brother Dredska, thank you. I learned it, don't judge a message by a verbal response. Judge it by the response of people at the altar seeking God. That's the response to the word of God. That's why in this church, every service has an altar call. Every service. Well, we had a good Bible study, let's go home. No way. We need to respond to the word of God. We need to have an opportunity to come to the altar and talk to God about what we've just heard and what we've just experienced. Amen? Amen. And so, uh, thank you for that. I I appreciate that rousing response there. That's, That's good. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He's the one that gave us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well, not a cup. God puts a well of water inside of us. And notice the word springing. That was the first well that Isaac dug, springing up unto everlasting life. Everlasting life. Now, the enemy is going to try and fill your wells. I just got to tell you that. They're going to try and fill your wells. They'll fill it with sin, they'll fill it with vulgarity, they'll fill it with spiritual attitudes to try and poison the water if they can't stop its flow. But the enemy is not happy that you have a well that you can go to. And we need to go to the well. 
That's a saying in the world. We need to go to the well, and you can never go to the well too often. Oh, they went to the well once too many times. No, not in the kingdom of God. That's not true in the kingdom of God. So let's go back to Genesis 26. 26 and 20. So the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water's ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. Esek means contention. We are prepared to fight over this well. There are some people that are not going to be very excited that you found living water. Man, I, you know, you can go to work tomorrow and you can say, man, I was at the altar on Sunday morning and I, I felt the presence of God in the worship service and, and the preacher preached a good message and I came to the altar and God just filled me with his spirit out to overflowing and, and I began to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave me the utterance and I, I felt so full and so fresh and so renewed and I'm so excited about what God is doing in my life. And somebody will say, fake. That's not real. That's just a bunch of emotion. You can't believe the word of God. That's not true. You don't really have what you think you have. And they want to be contentious with you. That's what Isaac experienced in the first well. He experienced contention. So you know what he did? He left them. He left them. Go to the next verse. He digged another well. They strove for that also. He called the name of that well Sitna. You know what sitna means? Hatred. Thanks for digging another well. Now they're not only contentious with him, they hate him. No man can serve two masters. He'll love the one and he'll hate the other. People are either going to love you or they're going to hate you. And so they can be contentious and they can be hateful and they can be bitter. And if you're not careful, you can pick up on their spirit and you can become contentious and you can become bitter. Your waters can become poisoned or your wells can become stopped. Because of Isik and Sitna. Spirits that poison the water. Don't let it happen. You know what I, you know what I found? There are just some people that aren't interested. You know, I, sometimes I have a pretty frustrating time up in, uh, I, I have a really nice place up in Crandon, Wisconsin, and I get to go fishing and up there and, uh, and drop a line once in a while. And it's really frustrating to me when the fish aren't biting. I'm waiting, you know, I'm thinking, boy, at the end of this day, you know, I get my chores done and I do what I want to do. I'm going to go throw some minnows out and I'm going to catch me some fish. And when those fish don't bite, it's kind of frustrating to me. 
You know, and I'm saying, oh, am I fishing on the wrong side of the boat? I heard that story in the Bible. I, I, I fished all night and I caught nothing. I heard that story. Maybe I should just enjoy the fact that I'm sitting on the water in a boat. And if the fish ain't biting, I'm just going to enjoy the sunset. Just talk to God a little bit. Just, you know what I mean? Just in, it doesn't matter if I catch a fish or not, as long as I'm having fun. Tell you something else about getting old. As you get older, if it ain't fun, you don't want to do it anymore. I remember, this is the male ego here. I'll just give you a little insight to male egos. I remember sitting in a tree one deer season. I mean, it was so cold. The wind was blowing. The temperature was cold. I was sitting there with my gun on that stand, and I looked at my hands, and they were going like this. And there weren't any deer. I didn't have buck fever. I'm just... I'm just a shaking. You know why? Because I'm cold. I thought to myself, if a deer comes along. <laughs> and I came to this conclusion. I asked myself a question. Am I having fun? No, I ain't having fun. Then that's it. I climbed out of that tree. Went back to that cottage and put some wood on the stove and I said, when it's that cold, let them young guys go out there if they want to impress one another as to how tough they are. You go right ahead. I'm done proving that stuff to myself anymore. If it ain't fun, I ain't doing it. There's a couple of you that like me. We got to enjoy, listen, we got to enjoy the present we got to live in today. Doesn't the Bible say today is the day of salvation? Someday I'm going to give my life to God? That's not in the scripture. Today's the day of salvation. This is the day that the Lord has made. There's no promise of tomorrow. Live in today. So they fought about that well. You know what, you know what Isaac did after two wells of contention? And the second well being hatred, he dug another well. All right, go ahead. You can have it. I'm moving on to the next well. Genesis 26, 22. So he removed from thence, and he digged another well, and for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Room to be fruitful is what Rehoboth means. Room to be fruitful. He dug another well. I will tell you this about water. Never drink from a ditch when you can drink from a well. Never drink from a ditch when you can live by a well. I see people drinking from ditches all the time. They're not satisfied. It doesn't do their body any good. It eats up their wealth. They're frustrated. Why? Drinking from ditches. 
There are people in this house, I don't want you to say amen to this, there are people that, in this house that drank from ditches at one point in their life, but now they know where the well is. They don't drink at the ditch anymore because they've dug their own well. Now hear, hear me now. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it home and wrap this up for you. It is a good thing if you have parents that have raised you in the truth. If you have an Abraham and a Sarah or an Isaac and a Rebecca, that's good. But you gotta dig your own well. You gotta dig your own well. You may dig it right next to your daddy's well, but it's gotta be your well. You gotta dig it yourself. You'll have an appreciation for that well. You'll take care of that well because you know it's life to you if you dug it yourself. But if it's just your father, if it's just your father and your mother's experience and it's not your own experience, you're never gonna be satisfied. And you're living off of somebody else's work and somebody else's water when the scripture said, you gotta dig your own well. You gotta drink from your own cisterns. That's where we began this message. See, this is what I believe. You, I'm presenting you with a choice today. You can either dig your own well or you can dig your own grave. Dig your own well. Now you came to church today because you believed that the building that you were coming to was gonna give you something that was gonna satisfy your thirst and your hunger. And you did the right thing. But just being in a pew without being at an altar, without digging through some things that you need to get rid of, that have stopped the well from flowing properly, will never happen until you get to the point where you say, I don't care what it takes. I don't care how long I have to stay there. There are things in my life that need to come out of my well. I've got to unstop this well. I've got to dig the things out that the enemy has thrown into the mouth of the well so that I can get to the water because I'm thirsty and I'm hungry and I want to be sustained and I want to drink something that's going to satisfy me. I've been drinking from a ditch all week long, but now I know where the well is and I know what I need to do and I'm going to unstop this well and I'm going to dig deep till I hit water and it's going to be my well. It's going to be my well. This is what I believe. I believe that repentance is digging at the well. Paul said, I die daily. Thank God for the experience that you had years ago. How many of you can remember the day that you came to an altar in repentance? The day that you were baptized in Jesus' name? The day that God filled you with the Holy Ghost? Isn't that great? But that's history. That's history. I'm glad for that foundation. I'm glad you found a place. Some of you found your place, your altar, right here somewhere 
across this platform. And that's wonderful. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. What a waste it would be to have discovered a well where there's living water that's, that's changed your life and to have had an enemy become contentious with you. People that have thrown hate at you or to even backslide and fall back into things that you once did when you're just a few feet from a well that has living water in it. It would just take some effort and some time to be able to come to an altar of repentance and say, here I am again, God. You know that I struggle with this, but I'm here to get it out of my well today. I'm gonna, I know I have to dig deep and, and it's very humbling to have to come before you day after day, but I'm gonna keep coming because I want that well water. I want that cold, clear water. And if I have to throw everything out of my life, no matter what it is, maybe it's pride, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's a vice, whatever I have to do, I'm going to clean this well out. I'm going to dig in repentance until I hit water again. And I have to come back tomorrow and apologize again and repent again and do my best to keep my well clean. I'll do it if I have to do it 70 times 7. I'll be back because repentance is digging at the well. Digging at the well. I believe that baptism is washing at the well. I asked you if you remembered when you were baptized in Jesus' name and saw lots of hands go up. But you know what? When we come to the altar... We can get washed at the well if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all. Listen, there's mercy at the altar today. Don't justify your sin. Confess your sin. Forsake your sin because he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can find that at the altar. That's where the well is. That's where we're, that's where we're washed. And we, and we can find the living water of the Spirit. We can find that at the altar too. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? This altar is a place with many wells. A well of repentance and a well of washing in a, a well of drinking. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because if you taste of this, you'll realize the world will never be able to satisfy you again. Never be able to satisfy. You know, I like Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper. It's a hot day, and you're out in the sun for a long period of time, and the beads of sweat are rolling off of you, and there's dust all over your face from the grass and all that stuff that's flying around, and you know what my first thought is? Diet 
Dr. Pepper. Nice and cold. But when I drink that Dr. Pepper and I get back on that tractor, my thirst comes back right away. That Dr. Pepper, that satisfied me for a couple minutes. But there ain't nothing like taking cold water and dumping it over your head and letting it run down your face and then just drinking a nice, cold, frosty glass of water. That will satisfy you more than Diet Dr. Pepper or to you young people, Mountain Dew. The cold water, that'll quench your thirst. Can I get an amen? That will quench your thirst, but you gotta go get it. You gotta go get it. We need to keep preaching the truth in this church. Not being politically correct, being biblically correct. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish. This is 1 Corinthians 1.18, keep preaching the cross. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. They are contentious. That was the first well. But unto us which are saved, it is the power. Mm, I like that word. It is the power of God. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world, this is verse 21, after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well? If you knew the gift and who it is, they don't know. They don't know where the well is. They don't know that there's anything to drink like you and I have experienced. We need to tell them. We need to show them. We need to invite them. Because once you taste of this, you'll never be satisfied with what the world has to offer anymore. Let's stand together. Thank God for the wells. Blessed are they, Matthew 5 and 6, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. I like leaving the table full. That's enough. I can't eat another bite, but boy, it was sure good. Thank God for a place where you can eat and drink and not get a hangover or get food poisoning. Is anybody preaching with me today? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And Isaiah 12 and verse 3, and this is my invitation to you today. My invitation to you today, Isaiah 12 and 3. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord. Call on his name. Declare his doings among the people and make mention that his name is exalted. In that day, when you draw from the wells of salvation, you will sing unto the Lord because you'll realize he's done excellent things and it's known in all the earth. In that day, you will cry and you will shout, thou inhabitants of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. For out of your innermost being, Jesus said, shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he 
of the Spirit. So dig your own well and don't dig your own grave. Jesus, I pray today that by your invitation, people will come to this altar today and respond, respond to your word. That they'll clean out the wells that have been stopped. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.